Hi, and welcome to From Many People's Strength, the podcast that covers Saskatchewan politics and current events. My name is Corey Johnston, and my pronouns are he and him. My name is David Richards, and my pronouns are he, him, or they, them. So. And uh, yeah, there's we had a little bit of stuff left over, so I was hoping that we wouldn't have a lot of news this week. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Well, <laughs> the biggest news isn't Saskatchewan related, but I guess it almost makes it more important to talk about what did happen because it's on weeks like these yeah. where all of the local stuff flies under the radar. You like, yeah, Wall, it seems to like, disappear. Wall could have announced that he's coming back to replace Scott Moe and declaring war on Manitoba, and it probably would have been the fifth <laughs> biggest story. Um, yeah, that's right. right? Yeah, like, that's right. Uh, so, um, but uh, we'll we'll talk about what did happen and uh, that in in the province and go over a couple things from last week. Um, we didn't have a coup. We didn't have a coup. <laughs> there was no yeah. coup in Saskatchewan. So there were people good. in there were people in Saskatchewan supporting the coup um, yes. that was happening. It it, it does. Uh, it highlights the embarrassment that we have in the province when you have a bunch of Canadians in uh, Saskatchewan, Alberta, especially, but throughout the country, um, uh, going to the streets in support of a fascist coup in the U.S. It just seems weird. So but, weird. Yeah, so um, weird. <laughs> it's like a putsch, not a coup. Putsch, a coups right, are successful. Right. <laughs> so they, they don't. They're yes. not. They're they're not uh, competent enough for it to be a coup. Attempted coup well, and or putsch. Um, yeah. The red yeah. cat putsch. Um, yeah. So yeah, it it does kind of highlight though from time to time. That there's a there was a little bit of smugness I heard you know in in the province about you know we, you know we may have our racists here rednecks here but at least they're not as bad as the U.S. And then I was typing out um, something about what was going on and my autocorrect changed the spelling of coup d'etat to K-U-D, etc. <laughs> and I, rem- I was reminded, oh yeah, when Rachel Notley won in Alberta, yep. the same thing happened um, there. And I, I guarantee you um, when the NDP eventually <laughs> win in Saskatchewan, because ideally in a democracy, you do have a changing of you know, who's in power um, yeah. from time to time. Even if it's a party I like, I don't want them there forever. Um, I, I, I know there's going to be the same thing here, which is both scad- sad and scary. So, um, let's, And they will wanna, continue to spell it incorrectly. And they will continue <laughs> to spell it incorrectly. I, now, that being said, now I think it's more people on the, the left making fun of them that spell it that way. <laughs> yeah, um, probably. It was interesting having American friends because I, I talked about it online and American friends were like, you know, oh, it's the, it's the, you know, coming and taking a joke. I'm like, oh, no, no, this actually happened. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's right. Um, uh, but yeah, no, do we want to um, maybe touch base on a sort of the follow ups from some of the stuff that happened last week? Um, I think sure, one of the, sure. the, the ones that I wanted to maybe touch on, you know, we had some comments on the YouTube, which is fantastic. I'm really glad people are actually engaging with the podcast, whether they agree with us or not. Engagement is awesome. Yeah, that's um, right. So you can talk about that in a moment. Um, I also wanted to talk about um, uh, Joe Hargrave because that yeah. was the story. Because, I, I, again, it's one of those things where local stories sometimes take a back seat because I saw, without looking for it, 
the results of what happened to the federal politicians and they saw what happened with the Ontario cabinet finance minister and then the, what was happening in Alberta made big news. But I actually had to go look for what was going yeah. on with Hargrave. Um, and and uh, that was, again, it's the Saskatchewan story sometimes falls through the cracks. It, it got a little bit more um, attention when he started talking about the fact that it, it may not have been a, a pleasure trip. It was a business trip. Um, personal business, yeah, not, yeah. not government business trip. And I think right. that makes a difference to some degree as well. Um, but it was to sell his home rather than just to have a vacation. So, yeah. Although, I, I mean... Mm-hmm. <laughs> his, I, uh, I think I read that his wife also went with him, or am I yeah. thinking of somebody else? So I, I didn't I, see that, but it very well could have been. Like I don't know. It sounds a lot like a vacation. <laughs> well, if you, like the timing on it, right? He, I think he traveled on the twenty second, and he was back by the twenty fifth, I think, or the twenty sixth. Like it was over Christmas. Um, but it was still but he, short. He was only there for a couple days, and technically Canadians are allowed – like Americans can't come here, but Canadians can go there as long as we quarantine when we get back. So yeah. be like – you know, it's important to be above board. I, I, he, he probably didn't technically break any of the, no, the guidelines right. or the mandates, either provincial or federal. Yeah. Um, again, from an optics standpoint, um, not the greatest – um, <laughs> so like that's, and it is still per, like, it is still personal business, like the selling of the home. Um, yeah. again, a lot of other Canadians wouldn't make that same call. Um, I can understand why he would want to do that, especially with the understanding that things could get worse in the U S. So he may be worried about property values falling or, or things of that nature. Um, so though, like giving, giving him the fair as, shake on that <laughs> as much benefit of the doubt as possible. much benefit of the doubt. <laughs> and my, I believe he stepped down from cabinet. Did he not? Yes. Uh, he Which, is, he was the minister of highways. Yeah. So highways minister. And yeah, he stepped down and I, I saw a couple of people posting, um, and I don't want to call you out. I think you may have something <laughs> similar. This whole idea that, oh, stepping down from committee work isn't a real punishment. Um, I would well, disagree on that because <laughs> committees are how policy gets made. And like that is where you have influence and control. And cabinet especially because cabinet – stepping down yeah. from cabinet has a pretty significant financial cost to someone. Like – he, this cost him more money in the long run than he would have lost by not selling his home. Um, <laughs> like whatever, whatever losses he may have taken, um, he he lost more money by losing his cabinet post. Um, we'll see again. This is one of those ones we'll where, see, yeah. if in two years he's quietly shuffled back into a portfolio um, and no one makes a big deal about it at the time because we've all forgotten it'll you know it'll have not be front of mind I kind of talked about that last week too I, I wish that had been the consequence um, a week earlier um, right. rather than saying it's, nothing's going to happen and fighting it and fighting it and then it's not quite the same there were I believe uh, yeah I believe there were people in Alberta who like Jason Kenney said, okay, well, like, 
you won't be getting a uh, cabinet p- position again. Like you're yeah. just done. You're just done with this. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. And you know, fair enough. And I think, like, to some extent, I think that is. I think, especially in the case um, of Hargrave, I, I think I honestly do think that's fair because he, the requirement that he stepped down from an, the MLA position, maybe, <laughs> but like he didn't break the law. Um, again, it was a, that's it was, true. Yeah, it was that's bad true. judgment. He didn't he didn't violate any mandates. Um, I think for me, where I got the most angry reading this story um, was just when all was said and done, he apologizes. He talks about the stepping down, goes through, you know, it was business, da, 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 da. So he, he has this contrition. And I think it would have been fine. You know, talking about, I apologize for this error in judgment and returning to, and and, and returning to Canada uh, as soon as my self-isolation period in California is over on January 5th, he said last week or you no, know, um, which that is, Weird because he's talking about isolating in Prince Albert for 14 days. So, um, and I thought he was already back. So there's some sort of little muddled things there as whether he's still there or not. But after he did that, after he showed contrition, um, he then had to be a dick about it (laughs) because he then starts talking about how the only reason anyone is attacking him is people on the left don't like success and that it's, they're only attacking him because he owns a second home and they don't want anyone owning a second home because we are just jealous. Okay. But also fuck him for owning a second home. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't, (laughs) I don't care. Uh, that's not why I was mad, but also that's no good. <laughs> you know what? Again, this is where we disagree. I want a, a much stronger social democracy at the end of the day in the, in the system we currently have. Again, if we talk about maybe we should have a different system, that's fine. But in the system we currently have, you're allowed to have nice things and he's allowed to have nice things. Everyone, <laughs> everyone draws the line at how nice is too nice at yes. one step above what they have, right? Like there's a lot of people in this world who <laughs> would look at, um, the way you or I live and yes. would say that is too much extravagance, right? And yep. wherever you are on that pecking order, unless you're really close to the top or really close to the bottom, most people draw the line at, what is too much extravagance at one or two steps more rich than themselves. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, so, that's probably true. So I, I, I don't begrudge him, um, you know, having, having a vacation property. <laughs> I don't know the circumstances around how he saved up for it or anything like that, but that's, that's not fair. why people are angry. Like no. people are not like, <laughs> yes, there, I'm sure there are people who say no one should own two homes when there are people who don't own one. Um, yes. And the, it's, it's the no one should eat dessert when there's people not eating a meal, right? I still eat dessert. Um, I, you know. You don't get to go back for seconds if nobody has had a first. Right. And where's the line on what seconds and what isn't is, is up for debate. But again, that's not why people were no, angry about that's right. this. Like that, that, to, to try and make yourself a victim because, oh, people are attacking me because I'm successful. Um, that, in my mind, just completely undermined any sense of contrition he had yeah. previously because it shows he doesn't get it, right? Like, again, I was with him all the way up till that <laughs> point. I'm like, you know what? 
I, I'm, I'm reading this article about it and I'm like, all right, you know what? Fair enough. They, they pulled, they pulled the fat from the fire. It, it's a matter of he, he said he's sorry. He seems actually contrite. Um, they're doing the right thing by stepping down from cabinet. It's probably fair that he doesn't step down from being an MLA. I'm like, I'm on board. I'm willing to come to the podcast um, recording thinking, you know what? I'm going to get to come on here and be – Say something nice about Say something SAS nice party. about the, a SAS party guy and then yeah. he has to be a dick about it. And again, not just the – you know, I don't want to be tone policing here. It's not just because he's an asshole. It's because he's an asshole and demonstrating he doesn't understand what he did wrong. Yeah. Right. Like it's, um, that's to me, it's like where, where he drops the ball because the little jab he got in just, it's like, he's intentionally trying to demonstrate that he doesn't understand. And that's what pissed me off. So, yeah, no, that's fair. It, I mean, this is, we, we moved past when I thought of it, but this is something that I've seen many times, uh, when discussing, uh, uh, these issues with, uh, people on the right is that it's always like, he thinks that the reason people don't are mad is because he had a second home and he sold it and he's very successful and we're all very personally jealous of him. Yeah. <laughs> no. He he also doesn't understand the argument that I might make about why he would, shouldn't have a second home. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. doesn't understand any of the things that he's done wrong, let no. alone. Like. Yeah, it, it's always defaulting to saying it's due to jealousy. And that's yeah. just like, and no, I'm sorry. I'm not personally jealous. Yeah. <laughs> and it's one of those things where. I've heard that argument from the left at times, but almost always jokingly, right? Like <laughs> it, it's it because I like no, no, you're you're just jealous of how fabulous the the queer community <laughs> is, right? You're, the reason you're homophobic is you just wish you could be this awesome. Um, okay, now that's actually true, though. <laughs> but like we know it isn't. We know that's not where it comes from. But we say like I say it jokingly. I, I shouldn't speak for everyone, yeah. but there's certainly a tongue in cheek tone of voice when that right, argument yeah. gets made. But I'm not hearing that this time. Is he he legitimately thinks people are angry at him flouting, flaunting his own government's guidelines um, to go on trips when others can't or don't because they are being responsible. Like that's yeah. Like you say, like it actually, it it's undercut by the fact that many conservatives people within the province were also very upset because they're not on the left. They're not saying he shouldn't have a second home. You're not saying he shouldn't have a second no. home, right? Like these are people who in, in many ways agree with him. Mm-hmm. They're mad because they have to be locked down and can't have family over. And he gets to go to California. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, absolutely. It's, and it's, it, it, I think again, I, I think, the Mo government is somewhat dodging a couple bullets because he, they're not as bad as the UCP. The UCP have, are getting ripped to shreds <laughs> next door yeah. over this. Yeah. Um, and I, well, I they think, had, we had one, they had nine. Yeah. <laughs> so that it's a big difference. It is a big difference. Um, and, uh, and they were, 
I think reacted even worse with, yeah. you know, with the caveat of sort of what Hargrave said at the very end. Um, in general, I think the Alberta response was worse than the Saskatchewan. Um, yeah. both were worse than the Ontario one, which again is a conservative government I'm speaking positively of. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, again, I, Ford is, is very far down my list of, you know, people I like. Um, right. But, yeah. you know, at least there's sort of this, <laughs> you could, you could hear when Ford talks about it, his exasperation with these idiots, right? Like, yeah. and I, I, I don't think he actually <laughs> flat out called them names, but it, it, it sounded like that the guy whose buddy is just ruining it for the rest of them. Um, yeah, that's right. Right. It's like, yeah. oh, you idiot. Um, and, and you could hear that tone of voice. Yeah. Um, and you're, you're not getting that from, uh, either of the of Saskatchewan or Alberta, but um, well, again, it, Saskatchewan also has, or the Sask Party also has the advantage of how recent the election was. Um, right. Yeah. They're like, they're not going to lose their spot in no. uh, leadership anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's where yeah, I don't think people are going to be remembering that in in twenty twenty four. Um, no, they, no, they might right. be remembering how the COVID issue was dealt with. Um, but I, I like that specific we'll part of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even, even COVID in general, I don't think it'll be on people's radar, um, that far into the future. So, all right. Um, what do we want to, what do we want to dip our toes into next? Uh, well, something that I thought was important to mention is the, uh, inmates, uh, in Saskatoon, uh, and their hunger strike. Um, yes. They refused uh, trays of food. I can't remember how many days it went on or if it's still going on. I know there was protests outside of the uh, correctional. And uh, yeah, this uh, Corey Charles Cardinal, he has dictated and read and, and written some letters to uh, uh, the minister of corrections. And, uh, yeah, I, I highly recommend people go and read, uh, the, um, the one from Sa- it's on Sask dispatch. I'll, I'll provide a link in the Perfect. show notes. Um, and yeah, I mean, they're, they're worried, right? Like they're already or, mm-hmm. people, a lot of people in Saskatchewan are not going to agree with what I'm about to say. Indigenous peoples in Saskatchewan are over-policed over prosecuted for crimes that white people might otherwise get away with. And they spend more time in jail for, uh, minor crimes. And on top of that, there's a lot of economic issues that have been, uh, pushed, pushed indigenous peoples in Saskatchewan into these, uh, uh, situations where they don't have what they need and then end up committing crimes to get those things. And it, it, poverty comes with all kinds of like drug addiction and, and, uh, and just yeah. a variety of issues. <laughs> and I think it's important to recognize that, um, being in prison doesn't make you a, le- a non-human. It doesn't make you less of a person. And, uh, when COVID is entering prisons that, Many people I feel are in there for unjust reasons and because of an unjust, such unjust situation. 
then it adds to the injustice of it all. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, uh, Corey Charles Cardinal, uh, I find, I like, I found his words to be, uh, quite moving. I'll just, maybe I'll just read some of it if we can. Yep. So he says, I speak on behalf of a generation of young lost Aboriginal warriors surviving in a postmodern day institution of colonial suppression that has unjustly labeled us as criminals and thieves as part of a 154 year long campaign to diminish our identities as protectors of our people. And I just, the whole thing, the whole letter, that's how it starts off, yep. right? The whole letter, it's not even terribly long. It, it, it gives you that sense that these are people in this prison that are there, you know, for a variety of reasons. And they've created this kind of community within their the prison. Mm-hmm. And now they're not even allowed to participate in that community because of the outbreaks. And it's uh, the sense that it's a failure on the part of the government. And they're, they're calling for uh, Christine tell, to step down um if if people want to see or hear uh more on this i our our friend show uh true north radio has been covering this very well for a few days now um with a show just about every day i think (laughs) this last week talking about it so it's yeah And, and this i think it's a three minute read. It's not long. Yeah. Um, this issue goes beyond COVID. Um, the, the COVID crisis obviously makes it worse. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, 75% of prisoners, um, in Saskatchewan are indigenous. Um, for it, anyone who does not believe that is as a result of systemic racism is, is themselves either incredibly ignorant or just flat out racist. It is impossible to not be either because if you, if if it, if you were ignorant to the point of not even knowing that statistic, um, if you were ignorant to the point of having chosen to not understand what's, what the numbers look like, um, you know, then, then, you can plead ignorance. If you're any older than probably about 14, then it's probably intentional ignorance. And I think I'm being generous by making it that old. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And if you have that information, it comes down to one of two things because you have two groups or many groups, but you know, you have people who are indigenous and non-indigenous the outcomes for indigenous people are inherently worse than for non-indigenous Saskatchewanians, Canadians in and, general. And it, dramatically it's, so. Dramatically so. To a, to a statistical degree to which coincidence is uh, <laughs> statistically insignificant. Like it yeah. is, you know, it, it is a statistical impossibility to the extent that anything within statistics is impossible. It is statistically, it is statistically impossible for that to be coincidence. Um, so it has yeah. to be like, it has to be 
one of two things. Either there are structural elements in place that cause that to happen. There are structural elements within society as a whole, um, within the legal system, to a broader extent within society. Like there, there's something structural somewhere. It is, it is systemic at some point that is causing that statistical anomaly or indigenous people have something inherently about them that causes this to happen. And if you believe it's the latter, you are a fucking racist. Like that is, that is about as cut and dry (laughs) a definition of racist as you can get. Like, so the whole, Oh, I'm not racist, but no, like those are your choices. Either you acknowledge that there is are systemic issues in place that are causing this outcome yeah. Or if you don't think there are systemic issues in place that are causing this outcome, you're a racist and just scared of admitting it. Yeah. Um, you're a fucking coward as well as being a racist then. Um, and I'll view you as such. Um, so yeah. that's, that it, it's, it's not like that understanding. The issue complicated. The fact that people who don't think there's systemic racism are fucking racists. That's pretty simple. Yeah. That's um, straightforward. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I guess when I said, when I say like a lot of people in Saskatchewan are not going to like what I'm saying, because that's, that's just it. Like it's a yeah. discussion of systemic racism and yeah. the denial of its existence is, I don't know. I don't know how one can maintain it, but it's so prevalent. Like I, I think one of the things that happens is a lot of, a lot of these isms, um, have started to get viewed as just general insults that have no meaning. They're, right. they're divorced from meaning. It means you're an asshole or a douchebag. Like racist is just an insult to, to these people. So for them, oh, I'm not racist because that's an insult or, or they associate racist with just a bad person. Well, I'm not a bad person. You're just calling me a slur because they think racist yeah. is a slur. Right. Um, and I'm not, I'm not a bad person, therefore I can't be racist. Um, so, and like, I th- try and approach it from the other degree. Like, I, I am racist. I know that's true. I am an anti-racist yeah. racist. I, I, but I, I have still, gr- I'm 44 years old. I grew up in Canada. There is no possible way of me not having internalized beliefs. Um, it it is so ingrained in our brains. It is, it is impossible to not have that to some degree. Um, like again, weird analogy, but like to the extent where if you hear a restaurant jingle, um, you instantly associate it, right? Like, um, if I go da, 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 like you will have an instant thought in your head what restaurant <laughs> I just referenced. Um, you probably even thought to yourself, I'm loving it right after I said that <laughs> inside your head because <laughs> yeah. of the constant background noise. Um, it, like brainwashing is a, like this sort of big, scary word. And it, it, and it gets um, misinterpreted because of pop culture. But like we, we, we marinate in so many things that it, yeah. it it permeates us. And it, if a, a restaurant jingle you've heard a lot, but like probably not every single day of your life um, still 
seeps in to the extent where you have to say the second half of the jingle in your head, just imagine what living in a racist society every single day of your life does to your, your belief. Yeah. You can't just be non-racist. You have to be actively anti-racist to fight through it. And it's going to be a lifelong struggle. Like I will probably yeah. die still having racist beliefs in my head that I'm working on getting better at overcoming and, and probably never will completely. I'm hoping my children will have even less and possibly by the time they pass away, they will have completely overcome that. Um, I, but I, I think to, to the extent, um, where people think to themselves, Oh, I'm not racist. That in and of itself is usually a, a, a warning sign. So, um, yeah, but again, there's the degrees and the, 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 those who say, there's no such thing as systemic racism are, are that extra level of, <laughs> yeah, of beyond. Right. right. So, but again, is they view it as an insult. So it's, Oh, I'm not racist. Oh, I'm not homophobic. Oh, I'm not misogynist because it's just a meaningless slur devoid of, um, devoid of context. It's why, again, it's why people for the last decade used the term feminazi and didn't see anything wrong with that. And then right. all of a sudden calling someone who's wearing Auschwitz t-shirts and calling for the extermination of the Jewish people a Nazi is, oh, you're just using that as an insult. You shouldn't use, throw those terms around. Yeah. Because again, to them, it's, it's just a, a, a meaningless term devoid of context. So. <laughs> that was a rant. <laughs> rant number well, one of the night. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah but, but it, it's right on. Like, uh, I, I, I would love to recommend books people could read, <laughs> but that's, also become a thing that is if you are a person who believes what Ibram uh, X. Kendi has written in How to Be an Anti-Racist, well, then you're part of the brainwashed SJW club. (laughs) If you believe, you know, if you, uh, uh, what was the other white fragility? If you read white fragility and you believe what it says, then, then you are part of the SJW club. And, uh, they dis- disregard what you're saying and, and think of everything you tell them as an insult. So yeah, it's yeah, the, it's a, it's a, it's a big barrier to get through. Like, uh, there is a book called, uh, seeing red. Um, it's a history of indigenous representation in the media. And he's like, Corey Cardinal is right on the money when he says it's been, you know, this life, this hundred some year project of, uh, painting indigenous peoples as criminals, drunkards, uh, drug users, uh, yeah. like every negative thing you can assign to society is, has been placed on the indigenous people within it. And it's, it, it's hard to get out of it. Like, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm perfect or that, you know, anybody can ever really achieve, uh, perfection in this way but it certainly needs to be acknowledged and again we 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 have people who are being punished with disease um and yeah like even i guess this is one of those super jaded um perspectives but part of me has to think like even if someone can't find it in their heart for compassion's sake to, (laughs) 
um, recognize the cruel and unusual nature of what we're doing. Think about how history is going to judge you on this then. If you, if, if you're, if you've got nothing but yeah. the selfishness of what your grandkids will say when they hear that you like at least you, use that. <laughs> yeah. You like you are the equivalent. Like it, if you do not recognize why using disease as a punishment against people for what in many cases, in most cases, are nonviolent offenses. Quite frankly, even if it was violent offenses, but in most cases are nonviolent offenses. Like, they are going to look at you the same way we looked at people who gave smallpox blankets to the indigenous people. Um, like, you are, you are using disease as a, as a weapon against people you don't like, um, in this case, for no greater reason than uh, a, a crime that in most cases was nonviolent and pr- in, in ma- even many of those had no victim. Um, so, right. yeah, it, it's <sighs> sigh. <laughs> sigh, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. Not sure what else to say. I think at this point, (laughs) you and I have probably exhausted what we can say. Um, I, you know, encourage anyone to read it. Um, he calls out, um, at the very end of the letter asking others to, to step in and, and, um, uh, I I think specifically looking for people who have legal backgrounds to help. But I think, um, he very much, this is one of those calls for allyship. And I, I don't know, um, to the extent, you know, doing what we're doing right now is part of it. Um, but there's some links that are included on the, the article that sort of speak to what can be done as well. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I think that, that is what that is. Uh, and it's important. Yeah. And, um, I, I think this will very much go down as a stain on, on the province. And it just comes down to how much of a stain it ends up being in the long run debate, depending on how quickly action comes to alleviate yeah so yeah, that's right um do we want to else we got <laughs> pivot to something more lighthearted? sure um <laughs> take again i don't want to sort of have a jarring um pivot but um there's the uh we got iceville reservations um, uh, coming yes, for Ezra's right. place. So while we have, um, dark things occurring, there's some light as well. <laughs> the, um, uh, the, the thing about the Iceville, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> booking is going, or at the time of this article, uh, which was the 31st, booking was not going well. No. <laughs> so, there are more than 16,000 people logged on to try and book one of 1,700 spots. So we had more than 10 times as many people looking to get a spot on the ice. And yes, everybody's mad about it, but there's not much that the people who are running that can do. <laughs> you, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it is what it is, right? It's going to be yeah. like, I think whoever gets those spots gets to have fun, but <sighs> <Some>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like anything right like 
you you sit there and you click for tickets for the concert you want to yeah. go to and you're clicking and you're clicking and you miss the and you're mad. <laughs> yeah. I'm I am a big fan of the lottery system when it comes to things like this. You put your name on, it's, you know, yeah. it's anyone anyone can enter the lottery within the first hour or the first three hours or whatever your window is. And then you, yep. you, you do it out of that. That only works if you know you're going to have, um, you're, you're going to sell out, right? You, that only know that only works if you know you're going to have this level of interest. Um, yeah. and there's definitely problems with that as well. So, yeah, um, like the, the, the trouble is no matter what the people who don't get a spot are always going to be mad. Yeah. <laughs> so no matter what system you use, they're going to be like, well, why was that system? This is, I was there first and I should have got a spot anyway. <laughs> yeah. Or, oh, I tried and I tried and I tried and I didn't get a spot, but yeah. So yeah. So, but it's, it's kind of neat. Like I, me and my dad were joking about this because I mean, you, you filled up the stadium with ice. Now what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it, spring's gonna come. <laughs> yeah, and then it, it's water. <laughs> yeah, and then it's water. Yeah, water, I'm, I'm, I'm sure the stadium has a drainage system. <laughs> I, I, ho- I sure hope so. I'm sure they have lots of planning. They didn't do this yeah. willy nilly, no, right? Like, no. I, for me, it's funny because, like, oh, it's on a football field. It's this big thing. It's like. I grew up in Ottawa, like or like I lived in Ottawa for many years. I shouldn't say grew up because I lived in a whole bunch of different places. But I lived in Ottawa till I was seven, and then I lived back in Ottawa again. I know from like ages thirteen to fifteen. Um, so I used to just go skating on the canal all the time. So a football stadium oh, yeah. doesn't feel like a big deal to me. Right. <laughs> Um, a little less bumpy than skating on the canal. That doesn't get talked about enough. It's, it's not exactly <laughs> the safest form of skating because of all of the divots and whatnot. But right. you know what? It, yes, it sucks for those who didn't get to go. I'm glad those who do get to go. And if you're amongst those who don't, like outdoor – my understanding is outdoor rinks are still – open you know those are still available for going skating on um like outdoor activities are again to my understanding still like again listening to others on the science because i don't know the science but are still considered far safer than indoor activities so um like when we've had a ridiculously mild winter all things considered oh yeah so far at least i'd knock on wood but all right, where do we want to where do we want to jump to next now that we've chatted okay. about? <laughs> so there's uh, there's a couple things, I guess. Uh, a Saskatchewan-based company is bringing oat-based oat milk production to Saskatchewan. Um, yep. Mira Food Group will be bringing its dairy substitute to store shelves this summer. Uh, this is from the CBC, and uh, yeah, I mean that's cool. I like. Yep. I know lots of people who drink oat milk. Milk. It's a uh, I think it pays pretty well. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm a cow milk lover myself. I like, just, <laughs> I, I, I like, I like the OG, uh, yeah, yeah. but, uh, um, I, I have a number of people, uh, in my life who, uh, who don't and oat is, is near the top of the list for the ones they like. So yeah. of all of the, when I, when I also have to drink milk that is not from a cow, oat is, <laughs> oat is near, near the top of my list as well. So 
I have to admit, I tend to avoid milk that isn't from a cow. That's fair. Yeah. I, yeah. I have. If the I option have is water or oat milk, I will drink water. <laughs> but fair. This is still good. It does, for baking, if you're cooking, if you're baking for a vegan. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's fair. Yeah. Which I have again. I do baking for vegan people because I like one of my my favorite hobbies is baking for people with dietary restrictions. Because then I get to get creative. There you um, go. So what, yeah. whatever it is they can't have, I'll find a way of making foods they like and substituting and twisting and turning. So oat milk is great, um, but uh, yeah. from a larger picture, other than just liking oat milk, um, I, I think it's you know good for the province. I think I think. Um, I, I think um, animal-based products, um, getting on board with substitutions for them early is beneficial. Um, like I am, I am not vegan, nor am I vegetarian. I really love prime rib too much. Um, so, but I recognize like, I suspect Again, this is one of those things where I, I very highly suspect I'm going to be like, that's going to be my, where I'm the grumpy old uncle or the grandpa that has their grandkids look at them and go, grandpa, how could you? You're a monster. What the hell is right? wrong like, with you? Yeah. I, I think each subsequent generation after ours is going to, um, have less and less animal products in their diet. Yeah. Um, so from an economic standpoint, getting on board <laughs> with, I keep hoping they're going to have lab-grown meat so yes. that I can, this ethical issue can stop being part of my consideration. Oh, I <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Well, I and again, this is I don't want to target specific companies. And for many people, it is delicious and they love it. Beyond Meat gives me oh, yeah. the worst stomach pains. I cannot really? eat Beyond Meat burgers. I've tried oh, no. it from a few different times. Um, that sucks. Because I, I – Love A&W. Boy, howdy do I love A&W. So I was very excited when they introduced yeah. their Beyond Meat Burgers. And, okay, the first time I had it, okay, well, it got a stomach ache. Well, maybe it was because I did a matzo burger with the Beyond Meat. So I had, like, the bacon and the cheese on it. Maybe it was just those clash somehow. Uh, but then I had just straight up the way they're supposed to be. And, yeah, no, every time I get it. Okay. So, like, I can't oh. have it, which makes me sad because, I, again, I'm, I'm like you. I'd like to be able to eat delicious food. <laughs> food that I love without having the ethical issues, but yeah. Um, but again, this is this is great. It's made in Saskatchewan. Um, it, it is an example of you know forward thinking. Um, it is a an example of how looking at environmentally sustainable alternatives to practices we currently have in place can still drive economic success. Um, so, like that that for me is is great because. Whatever someone thinks about capitalism, that's the system we currently do live in. Yep. So finding ways of being more ethical within capitalism, um, even if you think capitalism itself can never be ethical, um, the idea of being more ethical within the system is is certainly it's, a positive one. In it's my always mind. about that harm reduction, right? Like yeah. You always got to be dropping that, doing as little harm as you can. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's oats. oats <laughs> we've got ice and yeah. we've got oats. What else we got? Um, do we want to touch base a little bit on the feedback we got? Yeah, we might two, as well. Two weeks uh, ago? Yeah. So we so. got we got a comment on our YouTube video for uh, – which one was it? It was – the it was called an episode called the point of being 
uh, part of society. Yeah. And we talked about, uh, the royalties, uh, and, and, uh, uh, commenter Das Richard, who I think I know. I think I know who this is. <laughs> Uh, he, he said the royalties discussions and loun- crown land stuff is a bit uninformed and it shows, but the rest is pretty easily digestible otherwise. And then he said, I still gave it a thumbs up, <laughs> okay. which, which of course I appreciate. That's a, uh, yeah, you can disagree with us. But- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, a lot of what he says in his follow up comments, um, I think is true. Like right. a lot of what he says is makes sense. I don't think any of it actually contradicts anything I said other than on the opinion piece. Like mm-hmm. there's pros and cons to how high and how low you set the price of something. And like that's like that's economics 100. Like that's yeah. probably high school <laughs> economics, right? Like how, yeah, that's how price – like how price impacts supply and demand and factors that go into setting prices at different levels um i i would argue when you start getting into slightly more advanced economics when you take into account things like externalities which he completely ignores in his analysis <laughs> um but again like it, it's my 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 explanation two weeks ago was very much designed around being high level and simplified um right like i i understand that this is not a is not actually a case of the province owns like owns a bunch of barrels of oil that they're selling to someone, right? Like right, it's right. or or the, it, like it is more complicated than that, especially when you start looking at the dollars and cents and accounting of it. Yeah, but functionally, again, this is what I was sort of talking about two weeks ago as well. It still comes down to functionally, this is a royalty is the price for which we are selling the oil. Again. Yes, that's not how it technically works. In the, and again, in the same way, um, like if I own a banana, like if I'm, if I'm selling bananas and you're selling apples and you sell an apple for a dollar and I sell a banana for a dollar and then we each buy the other's produce, we didn't just trade an apple for a banana. Right. Yeah. But yes, we did. Technically, we used money <laughs> to facilitate me trading you an apple for a banana. And royalties is, is largely the same way. It's yes, it we we have all of these fancy mechanisms in place by which this sale of a product takes place. Um, but at the end of the day, we're you know we're. St- we are still selling a collectively owned resource and there's tons of factors that come into play. If they don't buy it from us, they'll go buy it somewhere else. Um, there's risk of leaving it in the ground because it may lose value. Um, there's, you know, secondary revenue streams from the economic activity generated. Like these are all factors that absolutely 100% play into it. Um, and, at the end of the day, right now probably isn't like when when oil prices are low, it's not the right time to be increasing royalties. We we've like to some extent it sucks that we've lost that opportunity, but it's still important to talk about because when oil prices go back up again, it remains important to be aware of that because. Um, people always jump in that Norway's oil is a lot easier to extract than. Um, prairie oil 
And they're yeah. right. The oil in yeah. Norway is significantly easier to get out of the ground. Um, that resource is therefore worth more than the resource that we are selling because of that. And however, that alone doesn't explain the entirety of um, I think the money they have set aside that they yeah. have gained because because they had a more um, public friendly pricing structure that didn't yeah didn't bend over for the corporations. Yeah, um, I think I think uh, Doss Richards comment uh, uh, betrays a certain. Uh, how, what's the what's the re- nice way to say this? Um it, it, it like he's very pro company pro corporation in this comment um the i think that between like he says here you can criticize the sask government handling of royalty revenue but no the sask boom was created by not cranking up the rates when alberta conservative yeah the cons government tried to yeah like when the conservatives in alberta did crank theirs up and that's fundamentally not true um because the price of oil was where it was because of world economic yeah. situations. It has nothing like we did not get that business because of Alberta's mismanagement. We got that because oil was at a premium because we couldn't get it from the Middle East. <laughs> or <Yeah>. from, <laughs> like, <laughs> like there was, and I, I mean, I, I even just oversimplified it because it was right. a complicated situation. Oh, for sure. And, well, and things, and he brings up things like this, you know, CPP is also a major investor in oil companies. So we benefit on that end too. And yeah, he's right. CPP invests in energy. You cannot be an investor, like not cannot, it is <laughs> Canada's investment sector draws upon energy probably more than any I don't want to say any other country because you start dealing with the Middle East, but uh, definitely more. Oh, I'm maybe saying something that I'd, I'd want to double check one, <laughs> 100% certainty more than the U.S. to a large, large extent and probably more than any other country in Europe or um, Asia. It, when you start dealing with Russia, I'd have to check the numbers on that. Middle East, again, I'd have to check the numbers. You know, maybe, you know, South America, there might be some. But like for the most part, like Canada is, an, is a whole – not even talking just Alberta, Saskatchewan, Canada as a whole is a very energy dependent uh, economy. So yeah. And CPP invests there. They don't have to. Like the, uh, CPP being a major investment in oil companies isn't mandated by God. Right. Um, like there isn't some divine force or constitutional, you know, amendment that says, um, you know, CPP, thou must invest in oil companies. Um, so if something caused oil companies to become less profitable over time, um, you know, CPP would, would be able to move out. But it's interesting that he contradicts himself, right? Because he talks about, you know, CPP is a major investor in oil companies, but later on talks about how they're bleeding losses already. Well, those two things are, are very unlikely to both be true. The, the largest pension fund in the country is very unlikely to remain a long-term investor in companies that have been bleeding profit um, uh, systemically, right? So, you know, you, you, oil companies, um, I think, are going to have to become very adaptable in the next 20, 30 years. Um, yeah. Most oil companies don't call themselves oil companies. They call themselves energy companies. Yeah. Um, it's only sort of 
outside forces. Um, I try not even to call them oil companies and stick to calling them energy companies. Because um, quite frankly, I want to encourage their transition into non-oil-based revenue streams. Yep. Um, but again, yes, my my explanation of how royalties work um, represented taking concepts that are much beyond economics 101 type concepts and simplifying them down to a (laughs) well well prior to high school economics type concepts right like it's it's about taking concepts that are complex and simplifying them so and i think i think that part of uh part of my disagreement with uh richard das richard (laughs) is going is just we have different worldviews on on the way that like the uh the way that money should be handled for companies or governments or just the people in general. Like if, if you think, if you think and believe in the will of giant companies to do the right, you know, be part of the, uh, a strong economy and giving people's jobs and, and whatnot. If you're on that camp, then you're going to see things differently than I am. And, and that's fine. Like, I just don't, I don't think that we're going to agree on this. <laughs> so, and I, I, I don't know that I'm right or he's wrong. I don't know, you know, if you took a broad look at everything in the entire world and you could actually focus in on this, then, uh, I don't know what the answer would be. I just know wh- what my perspective is. Yeah. Fair. So, <laughs> so I think that was the okay. only feedback. It was the only, Feedback worth mentioning. <laughs> yes. As with, as with everything on the internet, you do sometimes get trolls. <laughs> oh, <good>. But <laughs> I don't think we need to, yeah, I don't think we need to worry about them. Um, as far as new news, there was a, again, I don't know if we need to spend too much time on this, but you know, maybe you and I might have differing opinions on this. Um, the uh, Saskatchewan government has added COVID-19 restrictions seven times since November. We've increased our, our level of restrictions seven times. Well, I mean, I, th- I, it's possible that we agree or disagree. I, I thought a lot of the times they added restrictions, those are restrictions that should have been added earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's about as far as I go with that. <laughs> and part of me is like, a part of me had that same thought. I was like, why are we doing this seven times? Didn't why? Why didn't you just get it right the first time and just implement <laughs> all of this in November? And then part of me again, this is I always try and think of things from other people's perspectives. Right. Maybe this is a sign that they're actually adapting to changing conditions, um, and we should we should view that as a. A plus. Again, I think their threshold is at a different spot than you're in mine, um, yeah. but at least they're willing to, to adapt. The one thing that I have, uh, maybe shaking my head at is that January 15th, all restrictions are set to expire. I have to assume that that gets extended. Why would you even put a deadline? <laughs> like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So. Yeah. It's going to have to be extended. We're not, our numbers yep. are not looking any better. Um, I, I read something and I don't know if it's within this uh, series of articles, but I was reading something and there was some experts that were saying that the reason our numbers aren't getting even worse is because of the restrictions that we currently have. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people, they see these numbers and they see them not going down 
and they say, well, what the hell are we doing masking for? Why are we even worried about how many people we have in our house? How, why are businesses restricting capacity? And it's, it's because of these, these restrictions that we don't have increasing numbers. It's, it's not about necessarily saying that our numbers should be going down. Uh, yeah, so. and it's, that's hard to prove. Like I, yes. I, 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 <laughs> I hear them. I hear you know you're just saying that. You how do you prove that? And and it's just a theory. Everyone's favorite, just a theory. Yeah. Um. But I, I, I think mean, you you look at you know Bill Bill Nye had the uh, the wonderful maps where he overlaid um you know the spikes in COVID growth over top of where mass mandates were, and they're they're literally. You know, where opposite of one another, where, where there were the greatest COVID restrictions had the least spread. So there yep. seems to be relatively strong data supporting the restrictions. It's, I know, sucks. Uh, I hate it. Like I, <laughs> I, I miss people. Fuck, yeah. do I miss humans? Um, but I also I was, like humans uh, not dying. I was streaming with, uh, my old podcast crew on from Brainstorm on Friday night and, mm. One of the things that it felt like was like, okay, this is great. I get to talk to these people, but I miss being in a studio with them and, (laughs) you know, being in person. And yep, I miss eye contact. Like it's (laughs) like I miss eye contact. Like I miss hugs and I miss, you know, all sorts of other physical contact. Um, But uh, I just miss eye contact where I'm not staring at a little green light if I want someone to be able to see my eyes. Yeah, um, that's right. Like when we're when we're talking to each other, we're looking at a screen, but the camera's right. ab- above the screen, right? Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. <laughs> so I am looking at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someone needs to design a camera so tiny it can just replace a single pixel on the middle of a, a laptop screen. That would be ideal. Um, and then yeah. you just sort of adjust the uh, adjust the image of the other person so that that camera is like right between their <laughs> eyes when they're talking to you. I think there's a, yeah. a billion dollar idea there for laptops that have webcams that are a single pixel in the middle of a screen. Yeah, <laughs> or rude. behind the screen. I don't know. I'm not a something engineer. Yeah. <laughs> so that we can look at the camera and look at each other's eyes at the same time. So. Um. So yeah. we, uh, you know, I think we've largely covered most of sort of the follow-ups and the new stuff. Um, you know, let's actually keep it under, you know, a reasonable time this week and, and wrap up. Do we want to touch base on any of the stuff we missed from last week? Um, I don't know. <laughs> we've got some leftovers. Um, super high level again, speaking of oil, um, this sh- we probably should talk about the fact that we had 400,000 liters uh, spill from a pipeline. Yeah, um, of uh, salt water went into the North Saskatchewan River. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. I, ha- I was, yeah. Yeah, I haven't heard Contaminated any. Contaminated uh, water, not oil, so. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's from the oil field, right? It's, it's a related issue. Not oil itself, so I, I right. should be, yeah. Yeah, and uh, because it's salt water, uh, depending on the salt content, uh, your contamination level is going to, uh, change. And apparently it wasn't salty enough to damage the ecology. According to the people that were, uh, in this, uh, article. Okay. But 
I know uh, our Green Party leader in Saskatchewan, Naomi Hunter. Hunter? Yes. Sorry. <laughs> Naomi Klein is someone different. Naomi Hunter. Yeah. She, She's going to be mad at me. <laughs> if she listens, she, probably doesn't. She she put out a video uh, responding to it, and I I assume she's expressing concern. I didn't actually get a chance to watch the video, <laughs> but I assume she's expressing concern over this sort of thing. And there's no doubt that uh, if a pipeline can leak 400,000 liters of salt water, then a pipeline can leak 400,000 liters of oil. And this is a, something we need to be safeguarded against. Um, so yeah, that's about all I that's can say. About that. is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So be, <laughs> important to be aware of it um and then small increase of fees in saskatchewan and regina um for various yes. things utilities recycling um you know there's the carbon tax impact water wastewater so just in general it, it's it was a new story but i think let's chalk that up to general inflation yeah, I mean, it's not exactly the best time for fees to be going no. up for most people, but it is what it is, right? Like, yeah. Uh, and I think was, I, Oh, go ahead. No, go on. Uh, I was just going to say, I think, uh, I mean, these fees, they just, they make sense, but still, still stings. <laughs> yeah. Again, it's one of those ones where fees are just, User based, like user based taxes, like it's taxing based on usage <laughs> rather than right. us sharing the burden across the board. So, um, you know, I, I think any, anyone who looks at fees needs to also have a hard look at how do we want to, um, how, how do we want to divvy up those costs? Um, yeah. and you know, I, you know, certainly strong cases and a lot of stuff can be made for have it be borne by people who use the service. Um, yeah. But I can, you know, in, in many of the cases, you know, I think it is important that we try and spread things as broadly as we can. But that's a we're, we're starting to get into some pretty detailed nuts and bolts <laughs> stuff on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else we got? Uh, like you say, we're coming up. We're about that hour. Um, yeah. So let's not go over for once. Um, <laughs> usually it's my fault. So I'm going to own that. But um, we'll we'll. Why don't we wrap it here and you can do your fantastic sharing of our social media and we'll <laughs> yes. say our goodbyes. And If you're watching this on YouTube, you can listen on anchor.fm slash from many peoples. If you want to find us on Twitter, it's at skpoliticspod. Our Facebook is facebook.com slash from many people's strength pod and our email from many peoples at gmail.com. And you're you're back on Twitter. <laughs> I got onto Twitter. Yes, I have my own personal Twitter. I, I signed up for Twitter um, in 2015, and then decided not to use it because it was so heavily Trump focused. Um, so I just went. You know what? I don't need this. I'm not going to bother with it. I didn't bother closing out the account because I didn't bother spending time to learn how to close it <laughs> right. um and then trump got kicked out of twitter off twitter and i'm like you know what 
This makes for as good a time as any to send out my first tweet. So I sent out my first tweet the day after Trump was kicked off uh, on a personal level. Also, I had a Facebook status that I had posted, just a lighthearted thing talking about some uh, some technology that was invented on TikTok. And it was this really fun, lighthearted news story that I talked about. And um, it exploded. I've never gone viral before it's weird going viral for really doing nothing other than just talking about the accomplishments of other people um, but it went viral on facebook and had like was shared over five thousand times uh, but wow. then i found out someone took a picture of it a screenshot of it and it's exploding on twitter so i'm like oh i guess i should probably go share the picture of my own words <laughs> So, um, yep, that was, for sure. that, that, that was the secondary, uh, reason for, for getting back into Twitter. Well, there you go. I'm, I, I'm now all, I am now a twit. <laughs> and that's, uh, what at un, DBR underscore storyteller at DBR underscore storyteller is my, is my Twitter handle. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you've got it on this thing. All right. <laughs> that's me. So, Perfect. I'll, right I'll occasionally post poignant things there. It may be very boring. I might post about recipes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I'm at hardcore skeptic on Twitter. Um, it's not important. I don't go there because Twitter is not okay. It's fair. It's <laughs> Trump fair. is I, gone, but <laughs> Trump is gone, but it's still not fixed. No, I, I hear that. I'm, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm an old man. Um, I, I am not a grandpa, but technically I'm old, well, well old enough to be one. So Facebook really is my natural habitat. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yep, I figure I'd right. still give Twitter a try. So. It's, and then just spend most of my time on TikTok watching other people do stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, TikTok is good. <laughs> TikTok is great. I, uh, totally off topic. Uh, for TikTok, I made a decision early on in TikTok to treat it completely different from all of my other social media. On every other social media, I will engage with people who disagree with me. On TikTok, I just adopted this policy of block early, block often. So the second nice. I see something I even remotely am not interested, oh, block, you're done. Not nice. like this is my lighthearted fun space. I'm not hurting anyone by blocking them. They don't care. Nope. It's not like they don't know. It, it doesn't. <laughs> they don't know. They are not impacted by it in any way. And yeah. qu- and having a place to have fun stuff is great. And TikTok, I didn't I didn't put in much to begin with, so I just let it pick for me what I got to watch. And literally within a week, it it knew who I was as a human and right? was showing me amazing, fun, incredible things that are just a delight. And it changes over time. And all of a sudden, like, and I'm sure it did this for lots of other people as well, because someone did something with the algorithm. But right in the middle of the coup, it's like, you are now on baby TikTok. So now I get to just see a whole bunch of cute baby videos all of a sudden out oh, of wow. nowhere, which is completely, because <laughs> previous I'm on like bisexual TikTok, Dungeons and Dragons TikTok. TikTok, kink TikTok. I'm seeing all right. of this other stuff, um, relatively adult content for a lot of it. And then just all of a sudden the other day, I'm like, that's just a cute baby that someone is squeezing their cheeks <laughs> and poking their nose and the baby is giggling. Nice. I'm here for that. <laughs> so, <laughs> for totally sure. awesome. I'm now doing my yeah. uh, TikTok advertisements, but anyway, yeah. well, get- thank you once again for all of this, <laughs> putting yeah. up with my nonsense and blathering. Oh, for sure. It's, it's a lot of fun. I, I like, uh, chatting about Saskatchewan <laughs> politics every week. <laughs> yeah, I look forward to it all week too. So it, it helps keep me focused when I'm doom scrolling during the week. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's a purpose to this now. The, yeah. Like I have to, <laughs> I have to pay attention while doom scrolling and I can't get bogged down on 
watching a red cap putsch happening in the U.S. Yeah, that's right. Oh, it's frightening stuff, but at least we get to laugh about it a little bit. So a little bit, yeah. So right. yes, well, have a great rest of your have a great upcoming week, I should say, and I will talk with you same bat time, same bat channel next week. You as well. All right, take care.